0: But foods have a frequency, foods alive. You have to eat live foods to stay alive. How could you eat dead food and get life from something that's dead? We have to go to the cellular level when we're getting healthy. Food that have life, that have its own frequency, will give you that.
1: Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Joining us on the Mind Your Body Show today, we have an amazing, incredible, very special guest, Jamie Morgan Brown. And I'm so excited. You can see me smiling from ear to ear if you're watching this. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you can hear my smile as well. And that is because I am so excited. Mm -hmm to have this man on my podcast today. So let me tell you about Jamie. So Jamie has over 35 years in the entertainment business and has worked with some of the biggest celebrities in Hollywood. He's worked with personalities such as Chris Tucker, Eddie Murphy, and yes, Michael Jackson. So after relocating from Los Angeles and now living in Atlanta, he freelanced in network news and television production for several years. So some of his credits include Oprah, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Tom Joyner Morning Show, The Discovery Channel, America's Most Wanted, such a good show, BT's Access Granted, ABC's Presidential Debates, and so much more. Currently, Jamie is a two-time international speech contest winner, two-time. He's also a voiceover talent who does voiceovers for radio and television commercials and documentaries. Several years ago, Jamie had undergone brain surgery to remove a rare tumor, and his recovery is both inspirational and motivational, which we're definitely going to get into on the show today. Today, I'm happy to say he is healthier than ever, and his first edition book, his second edition is coming out soon, which we'll also chat about, his first edition book, I Ate My Way Back to Health So You Can, is a compelling story of courage and triumph, and is a story about one man's struggle to survive in a world of uncertainties. Welcome to the show, Jamie Morgan Brown.
0: Wow. Thank you, Trudy. Thank you so much. I am so I am so honored to be on your platform. You are an amazing person and thank you for inviting
1: me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, Jamie. So Jamie, first of all, you have an incredible inspirational story and a a journey with so many different life lessons. So if someone hasn't heard about you, if this is their first interaction with you, can you just kind of give us a little bit of a background about you, your story and what you do?
0: Sure. A little bit about me. I like to feel, I like to believe that I'm rooted in integrity, character, character. What do you do? What do you drive? What do you live? To me, character is everything. I like the courage. I like to serve people. I like listening. I like helping and sharing. It's all about, to me, the character. I like honesty. We all have our baggage. We all have past experiences, but... There's something about being honest with yourself and with others to share your moment with people. Because those moments, regardless of how dark they might seem to you, those very moments might inspire the people that's listening to you. So for me, it's it's all about character. Do good do and speak the truth. A little bit about what I do. Wow. That was Well, it's quite an introduction. (laughs) You know, I'm really relishing in this success of being a two-time international speech contest. The power of the spoken word, right? Being able to articulate. Mm -hmm. I believe, I feel that we're one word away from freedom, justice, and equality for all. Just one word. It's the power of the word. I'm enjoying helping people that are experiencing personal challenges, whether it be a disease that they're dealing with or simple nutrition. I enjoy doing voiceovers. And, um, Shoot that introduction that you gave me. That about sums it up in terms of what I do. But yes, I'm enjoying the life that I'm living. In.
1: Amazing. So, Jamie, I want to talk about a, a little bit about your story. Um, tell us about the particular brain tumor that you had, as well as how you were able to remove it. And it's quite a remarkable story.
0: Sure. The type of tumor that I had is a very rare tumor. It's only found in infants and children up to seven years of age. I contracted at 47 years of age. You don't know how. That attracted the attention of Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who decided to look at this and perform the surgery. So he is along with, I was told that the top surgeons in the world came to Atlanta and he led the charge. I asked the question, what causes a brain tumor? Do you know on this date that I'm speaking with you, not one doctor has been able to tell me what causes a brain tumor. The best answer I got from one of the surgeons, he said that we're born with tumors, that they decide to mutate, whether they decide to mutate, whether it's environmental, stress, lifestyle. He said, we're born with tumors. So that's the best answer that I got. For For me, my tumor has inspired and helped so many people worldwide. The last numbers that I was told was that my tumor has actually helped 2 million people worldwide. It's an African term. And that it will be going to India after that. And then... I was told, I was told a lot, right, that this tumor will possibly be named after me once I passed. Now, that kind of freaked me out. I said, Doc, why once I passed? And he said, that's just the way the medical profession works. So, right. wow. yes. And can I you believe... just let me turn this off? Because yes. I don't want to be distracted from you at all.
1: Yes. But yes, I'm listening ahead. to you. I think um, he you,
0: Larry. Like, Yes.
1: So your tumor is becoming quite the celebrity in and of itself, <laughs> yeah. and you mentioned it's going to India, but I believe yeah. it's Dr. Sanjay Gupta that's actually bringing it to India. If I'm, if I have that correct, is that right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So it's in Africa now, and I had asked the doctor, I said, "Well, could I go to Africa with it?" Of course not. But then it goes to India. So as of now, the last numbers were two million that my tumor has made. for help because. There's no research I was being used for medical research for 10 years because no one had the separate tumor that was living. The last case was, I think, 1934. So I had said, sure, I'll be more than willing to be a participant as long as you all aren't giving me anything to ingest, to eat, or swallow. Other than that, we can do it. So I've been used for medical research for the last 10 years, and it has helped too many people. So I'm very happy and excited about that.
1: Oh, So how did you discover that you had this brain tumor?
0: Interesting. I thought that I had allergies, truly. I moved from Los Angeles to Atlanta. And Atlanta is the pollen capital of the world, right? So I said, okay, it has to be allergies. I began, because I was getting headaches in LA, but nothing... Ah, a simple Tylenol, correct? It came to Atlanta and they began to increase. So I went to the doctor. The doctor said, get an allergy test. I got tested and voila, Mr. Brown, you have allergies. Good enough. Ragweed, pollen, medication. Mm -hmm. 10 years later, having a headache every single day. I went back to the doctor and she said, Jamie, why don't you just just go to the hospital? I went to the hospital. I found myself laying on the table with all of these tubes on my brain, on my chest. About an hour or so later, they came out. It was all longer than an hour. The doctor came out and said, Mr. Brown, you're perfectly fine. You're just carrying a lot of stress. So the first thing he suggested was a heavier dose of the medication didn't feel good about that. Right. And back to my doctor. She gave me an increased dosage of medication. Just didn't feel good about that, right? So mm-hmm. I ran to my doctor. It was the eve of my son's birthday. And she saw me and she said, hey, Mr. Brown, how you doing? She says, um, I didn't mean to tell you something. Are you still getting your headaches? I said, Doc, I have a headache right now. I mean, literally, I'm used to these headaches. I'm having a headache right now. And she said, Jamie, do you read a lot? And I said, I read all the time. Why don't you just go and get your eyes examined? At first, I really did feel offended because she knew how I had been struggling with this allergies situation. An eye exam. I thought about it. They said, okay, I'm going to go. And I went. So I thought I was going to be in the doctor's office for a quick eye exam, a half hour, an hour. Four hours later, the doctor comes up and says, Mr. Brown, I have some bad news for you. I found a tumor behind the right eye in the brain. And he said, this has to be removed ASAP, like literally now. So he made an appointment for me to get a CAT scan. Now, I had been working in network news and production for years. I didn't have insurance. CAT scan, if I remember correctly, you can give me the figures. Then I think it was like $11,000 for a CAT scan.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Now, I didn't have $11,000 for a CAT scan. A friend of mine came to visit, and she can tell that my energy was a little off. She said, Jamie, what, what's wrong? I hesitated. And then I told her. She left. And within 24 hours, she called me. and She said, Jamie, go get your CAT scan. It's paid for. So I went to get my CAT scan. And it was confirmed. Brain tumor, you got to get it out, like, right now. So that was the process of me going to the hospital. And Dr. Sanjay, I guess, because I had no idea. My mother actually told me who was a surgeon. But she said, doesn't that man look familiar? Because I didn't know who was going to do who, what, or where. They had wanted to use me for, I think, there's a show on where they do surgeries on television, emergency, something like that. They were going to do that with me so they can perform the surgery on national television. It oh didn't happen. Okay. And yes, so it was confirmed. The surgery was done, and... That process was very uh, powerful in itself because I remember one morning, waking up, a doctor came in my room, and I was so relieved. I said, doctor, we're ready for the surgery. He said, the surgery is over. That happened yesterday. I had been asleep for 24 hours. I didn't realize that. Wow. And in that process, I had my first. I didn't believe in these things called out of body experiences. Mm-hmm. I had an out of body experience. I literally saw myself. I knew I had passed. The interesting thing was the next day, doctors came into my room with pen and paper, pad and pencil, right? And he asked me, "How was I feeling?" So I'm feeling fine. He said, Could you tell me about it? Did you rest well? And I said, Yes, but by the way, Doc, I was hesitant about sharing this story with him. But I told him that I had imagined that I had passed away and that I saw my mother and my sister sitting at the kitchen table crying. And I kept looking down, saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. And they said I had an out of body experience because they had cut the machine off, I think, for like 50 minutes. Where they have to go in the middle of your brain to set something. And the surgeon who was doing that got a little nervous. They had to stop, and I was deceased for that 50 minutes. And in that period, I had that, that moment that I shared with them. So when they told me that, it totally made sense because I knew what I had felt was very
1: real. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where to start with that. That is such... Ooh, that's such an incredibly moving story. There are so many um, nuggets in there, so many things I, I want to talk to you about. Um, you know, and I want to say one thing, and I wasn't planning on talking about this in the podcast episode. So if you see me kind of struggling, it's like, do I bring this up? And do I tell you this? Um, one of the things that really struck me about your story, Jamie, is that I have my own experience with a brain tumor, not me personally, but my dear mother. Uh, this was about 10 years ago now. She had a brain tumor herself. And um, at that time, my mom was in her early 70s. And it was the tumor was pressing up against a certain region of her brain that if it continued to grow, she would have a stroke and would probably not survive. So we went back and forth as to whether or not we, you know, have the surgery, which was very risky for her age, her, you know, medical condition, um, because she had pre-existing conditions, or do we do the surgery and operate? went back and forth with my sisters about this. Um, ultimately we decided as a family that it would be best for her to have this tumor removed. And, and she did. And thankfully she's, she's well, and she's fine today. Um, but I say that because I, I can only imagine what that was like for your family as you were going through that. So can you talk to me about that? Like, you know, what were some of the, the conversations that you were having with your mm-hmm. family? Like when you found out about this tumor initially before you had the surgery and and what was that like?
0: Absolutely. I avoided my family because my eyes would keep shutting down. There was a Super Bowl party in my home. All my friends had came over to watch the game. I talked about it in my book. I stayed upstairs because I never knew when my eyes were going to close, when battle was. Experiencing being blind, I I, I can't even I can't even articulate that. The worst of that experience was being blind and your eyes popping back over for two hours, shutting down for three hours for a day, opening back up. I was afraid to go to sleep. Mm. My mother, I can see it in her eyes that she just didn't know what to say. She loved me. She would always ask me, how am I doing? But my sisters, you know, people that were around me knew that I was going through something, but it was really fun to them. They supported me the best way that they knew Mm how. Simply let me stay in my space. Check on me to make sure I'm not getting depressed, which I'm going through depression like. I was so depressed at one point that I planned my own funeral. Wow. I was, I, I didn't want to deal with it. But my family, they supported me the best way they knew how. They didn't know It's a rough time, but we got through.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So, Jamie, you've been through so much. Um, in your life. And I think the next question I have for you, and I think it's kind of a three-part question is, you know, what's the most important thing that you've learned in your life? And, you know, what was your life like before learning that? And what was your life like after learning that? So let's just start with the first part, which is what's the most important thing that you've learned in your life?
0: The most important thing that I've learned in life is to never give up. Mm-hmm. To try. If you have not tried, you have not failed. If you mm-hmm. haven't failed, you have not tried. You never give up. Regardless of how bad things seem. There's a spirit that dwells within us all that we just have to tap into. Mm. Never give up. Always believe that you can overcome any obstacle that's in your life. Mm.
1: Mm. I love that. I love that. And, you know, you just reminded me of something when you said that. And, you know, for me, like my life motto is, you know, I'd rather... Try something and even fail at it than to never have tried it at all. Because I don't want to go through my life with what ifs and should have, could have, would ifs. Like, what would have happened if I had, had that conversation? What would have happened if I did this? I could have done this. I should have done that. I'd rather just do it. You know, just do it. Because a lot of times, you know, the lesson is in the journey, right? So even if it doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out, I guarantee you there's a lesson in that journey and there's something you can pull from it to make you even stronger. Right? right,
0: so I resonate with that. I don't believe that when you go through hardship and you go through struggle, I believe mm-hmm. that you go through it for the next person behind you that's about to go through mm-hmm. Each one of each one is always going to be in the process. I don't believe that we go through things just okay, because everything has a reason, everything has a season. So, the most high God, you, whatever your spiritual time may be. I believe that spiritual power is in you for these moments mm. so that you can survive it, so that you can learn like you said, the journey is is in you. So not in you. You're going to pull when you get to the top of the mountain. You'll right. pull on the way up. The mm-hmm. There's always somebody behind you that's going to need what you learn from the experience that's going to help them. And all they have to do is turn around because there's someone behind them and on and on it's
1: really mm. mm. So true. Confused about which foods to stock in your kitchen? My free bare essentials ebook is the ultimate grocery list for healthy eating success. In the ebook, you'll learn how to stock your kitchen, which removes the confusion about what's actually healthy. The ebook also contains healthy, delicious recipes so that you can put those ingredients into action and give your body the nutrient that it needs. You can grab it now at TrudyEstone.com forward slash pantry. There's also a link in the show notes for you to grab it. So Jamie, what are some of the best resources that have helped you along the way and have helped you along your journey?
0: Reading. Hmm. Reading, you know. Mm -hmm. Thank God, the power of Reading. Even when I was a child, you know, I came up on the streets doing some not so good things, but I always knew how to read.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I remember coming up and I watched Friends Die, Get Shot. All the things that happened in the inner city, right? Yeah. I was one of those bad kids. I did not so good things at one time in my life. But one thing, I always knew how to read. Mm. And if you want. Better understanding of anything. Read. Don't ask anybody. Read. Mm Don't listen to the the news or the television. Read. Reading will open your mind. The largest nation in the world is the imagination. You can imagine just the reading. Reading saved my life. Always
1: so. find Yeah, you know, I feel like we have so much in common, Jamie. Because I am a reader myself. Like I love books. I always, <laughs> I always joke That's that books are my crack <laughs> <laughs> because I'm addicted to them. I love books. I love collecting them. Um, I have a Kindle as well, but to be honest, I don't get that same feeling when I'm reading a book from a Kindle as I do when I have a book in my hands when I can hold it, when I can smell it, when I can turn the pages, when I can dog ear, when I can highlight. There's just nothing like that feeling of a book. And there's nothing like the feeling of you know reading that right book at that right time. So I'm with you. I'm a huge reader. Um, I think my favorite book or one of my favorite books is The Magic of Thinking Big by David. I think it's David Schwartz, I think his name is. I don't know if you've heard of that one at all, but oh, I highly I recommend that one. It's it's a phenomenal book. Um, and I think it's a really great it's book beautiful. that um, the magic of thinking big. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal book. And I think it's a really great book for um, you know, the the season that we're all in right now with a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things going on right now and a lot of challenges that people are having with mental health. It's it's a great, great book. So good.
0: That was interesting because I remember in a hospital before I even had surgery, going in a room where all I was on the floor where people that were dealing with brain tumors, I haven't even gone into this room, I'm not kidding you. you would have thought that people were lining up for a Michael Jackson concert. The room was over with people that were having brain tumors. Wow. Back at that, that, that moment, frightened me. Now I go to the hospital every day and I speak to people who are recovering from brain tumors. I do that on a holiday season.
1: Okay. Amazing. So speaking about books, Jamie, you have a book and it's called I Ate My Way Back to Health. So can you tell us a little bit more about that book and what inspired you to write it?
0: Yes. <laughs> My book is called I Ate My Way Back to Health. So can you. But inspired, I'm going to come, come to the back door, right? When inspired me to write the book, because I had no intention of writing any book, right? Mm-hmm. And so the doctor told me, said, Mr. Brown, you know, you survived something that people don't survive. Why don't you write a book about it? Well, what do I know about? It? I said, Mr. Brown, you survived it. That's all the information you need. Mm-hmm. My first godson, who told me about this cancer thing introduced this whole, he planted the seed of nutrition in name. And so I said, I want to write this book that can help so many people. I mean, all I was hearing from doctors, no one one has this type of tumor. You can help people around the world, blah, 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 blah. blah. I said, okay, I'm gonna do it. I was inspired to write the book with the direct intention on helping people who were as afraid as I was Mm -hmm. to give you something that can potentially take their life. I want Mm to give people inspiration, Encouraged because when I was going through this, I didn't have no reference. I had to check with myself every moment of the day. I was scared. I was afraid. So I want to start from there. I want to reach that audience. My book, I Ate My Way Back to Health, is not necessarily for the nutritionist who's been doing this for 40, 50, 60 years, even though their gems in this book for them as well. I wrote this book for the novice who know that they need to make changes in their money, but don't know where to start, mm. don't know how to begin. That. That's my audience. Mm. I wrote it for that person who's going through, I went through a brain tumor, but people who have read the book have experienced all sorts of diseases and they felt a certain sense of uncertainty, whether, whether they're going to make it, whether they're going to survive, that read this book and became so overwhelmed with confidence and inspiration. And they're doing well. So that let me know that I wrote it for the right audience. It's not for someone who knows already, who has the answers it's the, the ones who don't have the answers, that don't know where to go, but know that they need to go somewhere and to begin at some point. That's what I wrote the book for.
1: Amazing. And you have the second edition that's coming out soon as well. Second is that right? Edition
0: is, 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 yes. The second edition was written just listening to the voice, the voices of the responses from the first book. I love the book. I love the book. But I'm a mother. I'm a father. I have children. I come home. I, got, I, can't, I don't have time to uh, cook. What could I do? I can only have fried foods. I don't care about it. So I put nutritional dishes in the book that will take 30 minutes or less where you can get the nutrition that the body needs. Mm. So there are no excuses. Yes. It's mm. a wonderful, wonderful read. And again, it still fits that same premise. It's about courage. It's it's a story of triumph. I want Those who've read it that were dealing with issues, they won. I was uncertain. Like, as I mentioned earlier, I planned my own funeral. I didn't know what lied ahead. But this book has given me so much courage and so many others' courage. I'm very, very happy about it.
1: Mm, That's amazing because you're right. I think a lot of people, they know that they need to make changes. They want to make changes, but they're just so confused because there's just so much information out there. And they're just confused and they just don't know exactly where to start. Um and I do hope that you're gonna be doing an audible version of that book because you have yeah. a great voice. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> thank you for the compliment. You know, there's an audio book for the first book that's out. But um because there are more chapters and my voice is a little stronger, I'm definitely gonna do it. And I can't wait to do it as well. But thank you for mentioning that. You just reinforced it. So that's a good thing too. Thank
1: you. Yes. Yes, for sure. So, Jamie, you're also a nutrition consultant.
0: Yes. So
1: if you can do or suggest anything to improve people's health, what would you suggest? If you could suggest one thing, what would that one thing be?
0: Ask that question again. I'm going to buy time one. <laughs>
1: So as a nutrition consultant, you have these delicious recipes in your book, right? If you can do or suggest anything for people to improve their Mm -hmm. health, just one thing, Jamie, what would be that one thing?
0: Well, there's three things. But the first thing I would say is is get away from the idea that food has to taste good. Mm -hmm. Food has one primary purpose. The purpose of food is to give you life. Mm -hmm. If you value your life, eat the foods that support your life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's involved with foods that it has to taste good. Now, if you can make it happen, you can make it happen. But the Mm -hmm. primary function of food is to give you life. So value your life. The second thing I would tell people that healing doesn't start at the doctor's office, right? It doesn't start at the restaurant. Getting healthy starts in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You have to take ownership of your health. The first thing my book is predicating on one law your health is your responsibility. Mm. It is no one else's responsibility. It mm. is your responsibility to be healthy. Being healthy is your God given right. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's about five things to three things. So, you know, I, I can
1: talk bit, but <laughs> I think that was three. We said one. but that- <laughs> I'm just playing with you. But yeah, no, I, I get that, Jamie, yeah. because um, so I lead a coaching program. It's called um, Shed and Shred. So I'm in the midst of the coaching program right now with my clients and my students. And one of the things we talked about this week was about being responsible, you know, being responsible for the results you get. Um, you know you're responsible for the results that you get in life or you're responsible for the results that you don't get in life right it comes down to you it comes down to you making that choice right so i'm I'm all about that you know taking that responsibility for sure um and in terms of things tasting good you know that's the thing Jamie for me I always like to try to make sure that healthy food tastes as good as it possibly can right because I think that's also a barrier for people eating healthy is you know they're afraid that it's gonna taste like cardboard or that it's gonna taste bland um so I try to like flavor foods any way that I can, even if it's just adding in some fresh herbs and things like that to, you know, kind of flavor the food, just like anything, just to kind of make it, you know, just make it more appealing for people for sure. But the other point I wanted to make on that too, because you, whenever every time you talk, you have me like my brain just going, um, you talked about life and foods having life. Um, there's this great book called food and healing by Anne Marie Colbin. If you've heard of that book. Um, and she talks about how foods have life and that foods give you energy And it it kind of reminds me of a time in my life when I was trying to lose weight and, you know, I was eating all the wrong things, all the processed foods, all the fast foods, because I didn't have time to make foods. But then it kind of occurred to me one day, it's like, well, if you're low in energy and you're eating these foods that have no energy, how can you expect to get energy? Like you need to eat the foods that are actually going to give you life. And rather than eating these dead foods, eating foods that have that life and that carry that energy to pass it on to you. So I'm a huge believer in that as well, and I don't really think people stop and think about that connection between the foods that we eat and those foods having life and those foods having energy and, and passing that on to you.
0: Absolutely. Just to build on what you said, you're absolutely correct. I remember everything in life has a frequency. Mm-hmm. Food has a frequency. Fast. Foods have a zero frequency. Fruits and vegetables, I wish I had my numbers in front of me, but you can Google it. What's the frequency of greens? What's the frequency of fruits? What's the frequency of fast food? That one I remember. Food has a zero frequency. Love has a 528 megahertz frequency. But foods have a frequency. Foods alive. Mm-hmm. You have to eat live foods to stay alive. How could you? Eat dead food and get life from something that's dead. Mm-hmm. We have to go to the cellular level when we're not getting healthy. Right. Food that have life, that have its own frequency, will give you that. A higher charge. A battery in a car has no charge, the car cannot move. Food is the same way. Bad fuel, look at the car. Good fuel, look at the performance. Food, oh, dead food, cool, look at the performance. Live. Organic natural foods for the performance. Again, your health is your responsibility, but know the importance of the foods that you are eating. Eat plenty. every listen, every bite you take is either causing a disease or curing one. Mm-hmm. 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 So every time you put something in your mouth, ask yourself. Is this causing a disease, or is it curing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm sorry, Trudy. You just get me going. I'm trying to.
1: No, so good because I, that is also another thing I tell people as well, and I tell my clients is that you know with every bite you're either fueling health or you're fueling disease. It's one or the other, right? Um, so I'm so glad that you touched on that. So I want to talk about the alkaline diet, which I believe you're a huge fan of, right? Um, So the alkaline diet, I'll let you explain exactly what it is. Why don't you tell us about the alkaline diet, Jamie?
0: Well, you know, again, I start at what is alkaline? What is alkalinity? What it does, right? So we have a chart from 0 to 14. From 0 to 6 represents the acid in the body. From 7 to 14 charts the alkaline. We want our bodies to be alkaline. When the body is alkaline, it can better address diseases, germs, bacteria that's in the body. It's important to eat foods that are alkaline your system. More importantly, we eat foods, or more often I should say, excuse me, we eat foods that are full of acid. And that acid causes disease in the body. So if you want to start healing, you have to incorporate, you have to bring in, you have to adopt foods that are filled with alkaline so that it can do the work that it's designed to do in the body. As long as we stay not acidic foods, we will begin or we will continue to have health issues that will not align our bodies, that will take us away from living an optimum life of wellness.
1: And can you talk to us about like, what are some of those acidic foods and what are some of those alkaline foods as well?
0: Absolutely. Dairy. (laughs) Yeah. Dairy, sugar, salt, processed foods. I think I said sugar. Mm -hmm. These are the food groups that we have to stay away from. If you're going to have your salt, have sea salt. If you're going to have sugar, have an organic sugar, like coconut sugar, for me, date sugar. Mm-hmm. Dairy there's no substitute for dairy. If you are a believer or listener or reader of Dr. Saban, mucus is the cause of disease. So staying away from the dairy is very, very important. People say, well, I've done that and now I'm into the almond Well, It still is processed. Take some almonds, put it in water, put a sweet in there, there's your almond milk. For me, I like to stay with leafy greens that carry high sources of alkaline. I like to eat fruits that carry alkaline. Again, certain times, even because we think we're eating fruit, we're eating alkaline, fruit and alkaline. I say to people, it's so easy to educate yourself. Even if you don't want to read, you can go to Google and put in alkaline fruits, and there's your answer. You can go to Google alkaline vegetables, and there's your answer. For me, I like to teach people how to fish rather than kick the fish for them so anyone that's listening that wants to get healthy that wants to understand alkaline and what it does and the foods to eat and the groups that you eat and stay away from i want you to take this moment and Google right now just get tell me what are the five alkaline foods that you should be eating tell me those things
1: you're asking me right now Or are you just saying people should Google that people should Google this and ask? Okay, I got it. No, you're right. I agree with that as well. Like, again, this comes back to you being responsible for your health, right? And seeking out that information. Um, And in my book, Unbreakable, I talk about that too. In the first chapter, it's, you know, the first chapter is knowing what's healthy, right? So just doing your research and just looking to see, you know, what those healthy foods are. And I think the alkaline diet is, you know, a really great place for people to start as well. So I highly suggest you guys pick up Jamie's book and I'll link it in the show notes as well for you guys.
0: Yes, I'm glad you said that because in the book, I have offline foods, fresh vegetables and fruits. So you can find the whole list in the book. Perfect. But I want people to get in the habit of taking the responsibility of getting healthy. Mm-hmm. I want them to take that step. I can sit here and I can tell you about foods, what to do what. I want you to take that responsibility. Just know that it's all about alkaline the system. And that's a very easy process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the tough one for me, Jamie, is cheese <laughs> on that list. Okay, I can give them anything it's else. All- it's, it's just the cheese.
0: I'm going to send you, I make a vegan cheese. Okay. You will not want cheese anymore. But you is it going to taste it.
1: good in my grilled cheese sandwich, though, Jamie?
0: There we go. Remember, I said about that. <laughs> And that taste, watch this answer, (laughs) it's going to taste better.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, challenge accepted. (laughs) You
0: you said that, you know, you don't want food to taste like cardboard. Right. Let me tell you something. When you get into vegan, I don't call it a diet because there's death. Vegan living, not diet, but living. When you adopt a vegan living, the foods are going to be so incredibly amazing that you're going to say, "What took me so long?" People think mm. that vegan foods taste like cardboard. There's no taste. They taste better because it's real food. Mm. Your system is going to enjoy real food for a change.
1: Right. Your
0: right. body is your best friend, right? Right. Your body's been with you all of your life, correct? Your right. body desires to do everything you wanted to do. It wakes up with you every morning. Come on, what do you want to do? I'll do it with you. I want to. I want to be the only one to do it with you. Your mm-hmm. body loves you. Take care of it. Mm-hmm. Give it the foods that will allow it to perform at its optimum level. Yeah, and that's real food, and it tastes delicious. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Watch what happens when I send you this cheese ingredient. You're gonna have to come <laughs> on into the audience. He was serious. It was t- <laughs> real food. Real food tastes. Delicious. I don't want anybody to think that because they're switching over or they're adapting a new living, that this experience is going to be horrible. Your, your palate is going to clap. Mm. You know how palate is going to clap and say, girl, a guy, what took you so long to get here? The food is real, real food is delicious. Yeah. Delicious.
1: And, and you know what, Jamie, I think that's the thing. I think people are afraid of, oh, I can't cut out this food. I can't cut out that food. Or they're afraid of depriving themselves. And I like to encourage people to think about all the things that it's going to bring to your life by you crowding out, you know, some of those foods and adding in some of the other foods that's going to help to fuel your health. So, you know, that's a, another way to look at it as well. And I also think there's, you know, a tremendous sense of pride, like when you make a healthy dish for yourself. And just going back, you know, to the the coaching program that I'm leading this week, you know, the ladies are like posting their food pictures in the group and stuff, and they're just they're just feeling so good about you know making these healthy meals for themselves, taking the time to do that, making their health a priority. So it's not even just the food itself. Again, it goes back to the journey and what you learn in the journey about yourself. And I think when you take that time to do that and when you make that a priority, you also learn something about yourself, and it also fills you with that pride because you're putting yourself first.
0: I love it. I couldn't yeah. say any better. You're absolutely correct. Loving yourself enough to learn about yourself is I mean, that's an amazing journey all in itself. Mm-hmm. I it's think okay. that when you start eating healthier, instantly you'll start feeling better. Mm-hmm. It's not like a thirty-day or ten-day wait. Instantly, you'll start feeling better. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know it's funny? And I've talked about this before on the podcast. Like I, you know, went through a period in my life where I was, you know. Feeling quite down. And I started eating a lot of the wrong foods and a lot of processed foods. And I just wasn't feeling good. It just made me feel worse. I thought these foods would make me feel better because these were comfort foods, right? And I was eating all these foods and doing all these things. And it just felt worse and worse and worse. And I <laughs> said to myself, like, Trudy, you got to snap out of this. Like, you can't, you can't keep eating this way. You can't keep living this way. And so I, I got back in the kitchen and I started making you know, meals again. I started adding in certain foods. And again, it goes back to the process. And I started to fall in love with the process again of eating healthy and making those healthy foods. But most importantly, I started to realize a, a shift in the way that I was feeling, like physically, like mentally, spiritually. I was just feeling... I can't even really put into words how it was that I was feeling. But I think the one thing I noticed most importantly was my mental health. Like my mental health just really improved by a lot of these foods that I was adding, a lot of these foods that I was eating. And that's kind of what you know led me along this path of becoming a brain health expert and studying the brain and habit formation and cognitive decline and Alzheimer's and dementia and all of that stuff. Because I went through my own personal journey of, hey, like knowing what it was like when I was eating those foods. And then the stark contrast of what happened in my life when I started adding in, you know, these healthy foods and started getting back into the kitchen. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for mental health in terms of, you know, how these foods are going to make you feel mentally as well. And sugar, you know, when we look at the countries in the world that have the highest rates of sugar consumption, those are also the countries that have the highest rates of depression as well. So there's definitely a link there between the amount of sugar that we're eating, um, as well as mental health, for sure. Confused about which foods to stock in your kitchen? My free Bare Essentials ebook is the ultimate grocery list for healthy eating success. In the ebook, you'll learn how to stock your kitchen, which removes the confusion about what's actually healthy. The ebook also contains healthy, delicious recipes so that you can put those ingredients into action and give your body the nutrient that it needs. You can grab it now at TrudyEstone.com forward slash pantry. There's also a link in the show notes for you to grab it.
0: That's amazing. When I ask you, if I ask you what is the hardest structure in your body, you're probably gonna say your bone, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you no, know, your teeth. Hmm. So imagine what sugar does to the teeth. Now imagine what it's doing to your organs. Hmm. In terms of mental health and feeling better. You know, sometimes we had this conversation recently. Have you ever just Sit around your friends or something and someone said, you know, today I just didn't feel well. I don't know why I ate while I slept and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Some feel well. They've never taken the time to think of the hormones that might be in the foods they're eating, the pesticides that they may be ingesting. And if you're eating animal flesh, and I'm not here to tell anyone not to eat meat, I don't do that. But sometimes when you eat things that just are not healthy, pesticides, those things are in you. Mm-hmm. And now you are adapting those moods where you might be even having mood swings but don't know why. It's the food that you are digesting. Mm-hmm. You have to simply stop eating foods that are not healthy
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i want you
0: to feel
1: better yeah and I think it's just, you know, it's, it's doing the best that we can too, because I've also worked with clients where, you know, they were eating really well and doing really well for a certain period of time. And then all of a sudden it's like, maybe they have a meal or there's a day where they've, you know, kind of eaten things that they shouldn't have. And then they kind of beat themselves up. And now it becomes this cycle of you're kind of right back where you started. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to have this bag of chips. I'm going to just, you know, eat these five cookies or whatever it is. And I think it's, you know, like when that happens and it will happen, let's just, you know, say, call it for what it is. I think it's really important to just try to get back on track. As quickly as you can. Just make the next meal healthier. Okay, don't don't, don't you know, harp over and over and over again about the bag of chips or the three slices of pizza. That's like, okay, that happened. That's in the past now. What's your next meal going to look like? How are we going to make that next meal healthier? So I think it's you know looking at it in those terms as well. Not just like being a little bit more compassionate with ourselves too.
0: I love it. I think I should be interviewing you because you're hitting on the march. Absolutely, not beat yourself do not beat yourself up when you eat something that you know you should not be eating. The lesson is, you know you should not be eating it. Mm -hmm. Opposed to eating it and I'll eat another one. Mm -hmm. Recognize what you're eating. There's another day. There's another moment. Put it down. Let's keep moving. Simple. But I will say this. I don't care how healthy you eat. I don't care how much love you get. I don't even care how clean the weather is. You will not reach... Help without exercise. Mm -hmm. You have to exercise. Mm -hmm. That does not mean going to get a membership and going to the gym two, three times a week. That simply means getting up and being active, Mm -hmm. whether it's walking, running, swimming, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you must incorporate exercise in this process of getting healthy.
1: Yeah. And make sure that it's something that you enjoy so that you look forward to that time that you have with yourself, not something that is like torture. Don't just do the latest exercise because you saw somebody doing on Instagram and you like the way their booty looks and it's like, OK, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that. No, you have to you have to enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it right? And we want you to stick with this. We want this to be a healthy habit. We want this to be something that you just kind of do without really having to think about it or without looking at it as torture. So I think there's something to be said for, you know, enjoying the movement that you incorporate. I like calling it joyful movement, um, you know, just incorporating some sort of joyful movement into your life every day.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. Find that you enjoy doing and do it. Don't make this happen. Don't make this Forget the excuses. Don't make this happen. Find some people to enjoy and simply do it.
1: Right, right. So, Jamie, you have worked with some pretty influential people throughout your life, right? Some pretty heavy hitters. Who are three people that have been the most (laughs) influential to you and why?
0: Wow. I helped you. I've worked with people, and then I have worked with people that were very influenced. Miles Davis. I didn't work with Miles Davis, but I love him. I would have to first say Dr. Miles Monroe. Dr. Miles Monroe. Dr. Miles Monroe. He, He had this ability to inspire you to to look at yourself be honest with yourself rid yourself of all the negative forces, all the destruction that have ever been in your life and find your purpose and find your purpose. He always said that he always said that it's it's unfair that the best dreams in the world are found in the graveyard. Mm. Because people haven't found their purpose. They have these wonderful ideas, but for whatever for whatever reason they choose not to live in their purpose and they die. For and that is so unfair for the rest of humanity. Find your purpose. That was Dr. Miles Monroe. The second person, I would have to say, is either Dick Gregory or Mr. Lewis Farquhar. These were giants that lived amongst us that was so misunderstood. I learned to live in my truth. My truth that you may not like and or accept, but my truth, be proud of who you are and what you are and always value the contribution that your people have made in the world, yeah, love that. Third person, I would have to say, <clears throat> I have to say, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is is so misunderstood. Mm. Man, Michael Jackson was the consummate humanitarian. who had a love and an appreciation for just life. He was that real humanitarian before the humanitarian became the humanitarian. He, he loved life and he loved people and he loved peace. He was not that child molester, mm-hmm. but that made a lot of people a lot of money that lot. But this young man was a genius, and very schools when it came to African studies. Believe it or not, Mm. Michael Jackson. I would have to say, when I think of doing humanitarian work, humanitarian deeds, I look at Michael Jackson. Inspiration.
1: Mm. I love that. It's beautiful. So, Jamie, we're winding down towards the end of our interview, and I have one final question that I like to ask all my guests that come to the Mind Your Body show, and that is, what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body?
0: Living your truth. Living your purpose. Develop maintain good character, do good, speak the truth, help others love more and exercise. Mm. I know you, cool. I know you would love to have had a long answer I can go <laughs> but those are things that come to the surface when It comes time to take care of your body and your mind. yes. We have to, of course, nutrition is there, right? Mm -hmm. So, nutrition, happiness, Mm -hmm. love, sunlight, exercise, living in your purpose. I think those are your best doctors.
1: I agree, I agree, and cost you nothing well, except for nutrition. That's a different topic. (laughs) And for those of you who are listening to this and thinking eating healthy is really expensive, go back and listen to the episode where I talk about, you know, weight loss on a budget and you guys will learn some foods and some tips and tricks there. So no hate mail. (laughs) So Jamie, I lied. I do have one final question for you. Uh, Where can people find your amazing self?
0: You can find me at jmorganbrown.com on Instagram at jamie morgan bay b-e-y not jamie morgan brown jamie morgan bay b-e-y on instagram jamie morgan brown.com
1: perfect and i'll make sure that i link up to all of jamie's um information his book where you can find him his website all of that amazing, amazing stuff in the show notes so just make sure you check out the show notes so you can find out where you can follow jamie and connect with jamie jamie this was such a an incredible conversation. Uh, Again, I am truly honored to have you on the Mind Your Body show. Um, I'm so glad that you are in my world. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you. I feel so inspired and motivated by you. So thank you so much for being here with us today.
0: Words can't explain that. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure and honor to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you.